Did you know that Juan Ponce de Leon's tomb can be found in the Cathedral de San Juan Batista? Ponce de Leon was the first European explorer to arrive in Florida, and contrary to common belief, he did not name the peninsula after its abundance of wildflowers. In actuality, he named Florida because he arrived during the Easter holiday known in Spanish as Pascua Florida, the season of flowers. Welcome to the Lore of the South. Welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. How the heck are y'all doing? Y'all, Mike and I needed this break. It's been wonderful. I sit here and type this podcast from our Airbnb in beautiful old San Juan. So much history here and a beautiful setting to boot. We've really been made to feel at home, though no central air has taken some getting used to. But hey, there is a constant breeze. We're on an island after all. There's so much to experience. We didn't even get to hardly see a fraction of it, but we'll definitely be back. And we made it through the Bermuda Triangle, though it did get a bit bumpy on the way there. Make of that of what you will. Hope all of you are making some summer travel plans and will share them with me on social media. Oh, and get this, y'all. We did a ghost walk on Friday the 13th. Can't wait to report on that for y'all. Oh, we've got a shout-out to Sydney from Savannah. She tagged me on Instagram with these wonderful words referring back to Episode 5, Fort Frederica and Christchurch. And this is what she said. This is one of the most beautiful churches I've ever been in, and I would have never heard of it if not for listening to Lore the South podcast. The way she tells her stories are amazing. I binged all the episodes in three days. Y'all go look for her on Instagram under The Needlewoman. She's an amazing seamstress and costume designer. Give her a follow. I did. Today's history-making news comes from Texas Public Radio. Laura Young purchased a bus for $35 at an Austin Goodwill, intending to put it up for sale in her antique store. But the more she examined it, the more she became convinced that she stumbled upon an ancient work of art. She then contacted a London auction house who confirmed her suspicions and further blew her mind by telling her they believed it to be Roman and from the first century CE, and that it was the likeness of the Roman general Pompey. But how did a 2,000-year-old Roman bust end up in a Texas Goodwill? Well, apparently it was a war trophy brought home by a returning soldier and Young now realized she was in possession of a looted piece of art. So what to do? She contacted an attorney and negotiations were began to return the head of Pompey back to Germany. But for now, Pompey is on display in San Antonio until he and the other looted war trophies can be crated and shipped back to Germany. Before we get into the spooky, I want to give y'all a brief history of a community living on the literal edge of San Juan that of La Perla, where the city's outcasts were sent to live and fend for themselves. La Perla is a nearly completely independent community that is caught between the city wall and the Atlantic Ocean. In any other place in the U.S., this strip of land would in no way be allowed to stand as it is. It would have been bulldozed and developed by rich men long ago. 
In fact, many have tried, but the citizens don't give in. But anyway, back to La Perla. The little community is nestled between the cemetery of Santa Maria Magdalena, which is located at the base of Del Moro, the older of the two forts on San Juan, and runs the length of the city wall all the way down to Fort Cristobal. La Perla was first formed when a slaughterhouse was built along the water's edge in the 1700s. The workers soon built up homes close to their workplace. Then they were soon joined over the next 100 years by ex-slaves and non-whites who worked in the homes in different businesses around San Juan or on farms or the dockyards nearby. You see, Spain had a law that said ex-slaves and non-whites, which could mean indigenous peoples or maybe other foreign workers that had been brought to the island as cheap labor, could not reside within the protected city walls of San Juan. So these people banded together and formed their own community of La Perla. So Spain effectively walled off those that it considered lesser. Even today, there are only four entrances slash exits down to the beachside, sometimes called a shanty town. A couple of the points of entry are as old as the ancient city wall itself. It's rumored that La Perla is a dangerous place and tourists shouldn't venture down there without knowing someone from the neighborhood. But things are starting to change. There are legit tours being offered of La Perla. If you take one, just be respectful. Don't be snapping pics of people's maybe less than amazing homes, but do enjoy a drink and take in the art of the little community. Just stay aware and don't go alone. I will repeat what our cab driver mentioned to us about La Perla when he picked us up for our super early flight back to the mainland. He told us that the gates to La Perla used to be locked after a certain time of night, and you'd have to show a pass to get in and out of the little community. This is so scary on at least two fronts. Do the authorities consider it so dangerous down there that they have to lock them in? Or what if there was a fire or something and the people were trapped down there? I can't even imagine what Maria was like for them. Anyways. I hope the Perla community stays strong and things improve for them, and the families there don't eventually have to sell to some developer. Now on to episode 44, The Spooky Side of Paradise. Let's start with a Puerto Rican native, El Chubacabra, the goat sucker. This guy came on the scene in the mid-90s, coincidentally around the same time that the movie Species came to theaters. And maybe not so coincidentally, was described to look a lot like the alien from said movie. The chubacabra would visit farms at night and drain the blood from the livestock, namely goats. Originally, it was described to have walked upright with scale-like skin, a wild-looking crest on its head, and a row of quills down its back, along with a long pointed tongue to aid it in sucking the blood from its victims. Similarly, a story out of Mocha from the 1970s tells of a vampire that very much like the chubacabra drained the blood from the area livestock. These attacks were blamed on a bat-like creature. Those stories lasted for about a season before dying down. And it seems we have one more incarnation of Chubacabra. 
In 2018, a winged gargoyle-like creature that smelled of sulfur began to show itself in the town of Barceloneta. It too liked to make meals from the blood of the local livestock. Many locals tried to hunt down the creature to no avail. But the story of the chupacabra lives on and has morphed over the last 30 years or so and has spread to the mainland, namely Mexico and the southwest U.S. The goat sucker has morphed from a bat to an alien-type creature and a winged gargoyle, and now it appears as a hairless dog that has a pretty far and wide range. How about a visit to Jacinto's well, or El Pozo de Jacinto? It's a wild and beautiful rock formation over the water. It forms kind of an open cave or well. Legend has it that the farmer named Jacinto had led his cows out to graze near the well. Jacinto had one prized cow that he had kept tied to him. He was out enjoying the time spent with his herd when an unexpected thunderstorm rolled in. The thunder and lightning spooked his cattle, including the prized beast that was attached to Jacinto. It bolted into the well, dragging poor Jacinto with it. Both were lost, crashing into the waters below. It's now said, if you approach the well, even on the calmest of days, and shout, Jacinto, dame la vaca! Give me the cow, in English. The seawater will crash hard against the rocks and actually send a spray through the opening. Seems that old farmer Jacinto might still be hanging around looking for his lost herd. In 1753, a young man named Baltazar Montenez was racing his horse down Cristo Street in San Juan, or as we have learned, it is Calle Cristo. In his day, the street ended in a dead drop-off of a cliff face. Legend says he prayed to be spared as he and his horse plummeted to their deaths. It's said that Balthazar was saved by an angel and he had a chapel erected in the saint's honor that spared his life. But in actuality, the two, Balthazar and his horse, both died when they crashed into the rocky grounds below. And the chapel was built at the end of the road to prevent any such accidents from happening again. And y'all, we found the chapel. Now, it's the place for pigeons to gather and for the tourists to feed them. It's not in the greatest bit of repair, but I'll be sure to include pictures of this life-saving chapel and the drop-off behind it. In 1797, Sir Abercrombie and 10,000 troops, I'm sure there weren't all gaunt, shirtless boys that fill their catalogs every year, and he probably left um, old Fitch at home. But anyways, they set about attacking the port city of San Juan. Puerto Rico had long been sought after as a gateway to the riches of the New World. The citizens and the church leaders alike feared that they would be outnumbered and overrun by the Protestant British. So the priests led a torch-lit procession through the streets of Old San Juan. The English, just off the coast, seeing all of these torch-bearers, feared it was the Spanish reinforcements, and turned sail and made for British territory. The event has been commemorated with a statue, and you can also see it in our social media. 
The last story we come to in this episode is the crying lady of the Las Calabazas Bridge. It said a woman will appear in the middle of the bridge, and when you stop for her, she appears to be very beautiful and in desperate need of a ride. Soon as you allow her into the car, she turns hideous and begins an ungodly wailing that will distract the driver so that he will crash and the woman will then disappear. In another version when crossing the bridge, a woman suddenly appears in your back seat. She will sit completely motionless and perfectly quiet until you notice her in your rearview mirror. She then will let loose with the whales and work to distract you until you too will crash or maybe join her ghostly form on the bridge. Side note, we ourselves did not venture down to La Perla, but I think next trip we might have to give it a go. Also, several movies have been filmed on It's One Tiny Street, and also the video Despacito by Louis Fonze and Daddy Yankee were filmed there. I'll share a YouTube link in the show notes so that y'all can kind of catch a glimpse of things. As far as our ghost walk went, mm, a lot of history and pointing out of where there might be ghosts, but not a whole lot of ghost stories were told. Still a good time and good history and current events lessons. Thank y'all for listening. I hope y'all enjoyed the pics from our trip. I have another shout out to give this episode and this one is for Belle. She gave the podcast some high praise, y'all. She compared it to iced tea, cornbread, and her dog. It doesn't get much better than that. Belle also gave me a show topic recommendation, which I really do appreciate, and it is on my list. So thanks to Belle, and thank you for listening and for your kind words. And thank all of y'all for listening, too. We really appreciate it. We still got that t-shirt contest going on. So find our YouTube channel, subscribe, like the episodes, and leave a comment so I can find your names because I'm in my 40s now and trying to find like who is actually subscribed. I can't find names on there, but if you leave a comment, I think I can find your name. We'll be doing the drawing on the next podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media. Michael started doing some TikTok videos on there of like little previews of upcoming podcasts. Keep a lookout for those. You can probably search under the um, hashtag Lord of the South and find them. Always on Instagram and Facebook. And if you need to get in touch, you can email the show at lordthesouth at gmail.com. And with that, we'll talk to y'all later on Lord of the South.